Thank you for connecting to this podcast for Faith Renewed. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. We're in a series right now called The Last Seven, and um, if you're not familiar with what that is, maybe it's the first time you're, you're here. This is a series of the last seven statements that Jesus made as he hung upon the cross. And um, these were not the last things that he said, because how many know he's alive today? And he came back, amen? And, he, and he's still alive, he's still speaking to hearts, and we're going to celebrate that in a few weeks, but we celebrate it weekly, but through Easter and through the resurrection, so I hope you come from a part of those events, but we're going to look at it, and in this series we've been looking at the last statements that Jesus made. And I believe these are lasting statements. These are things that we can turn to and look for and just stand upon, and so I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful for the cross. I'm thankful for what Jesus spoke from the cross. Um, heard a story one time, very cool, about a little boy who had gotten lost and... Um, him getting lost is not the cool part, all right? Just, man, I pastors, he's just, just man, no, that's, that's, not, that's not the good part. But he got lost, and he got so far away from home, and he began to cry, and he was in a public area, and a crowd kind of began to gather around him, and they actually called law enforcement, and police came out, and, you know, the loving officer just kind of got down beside the little boy, kind of like placed his hand on his shoulder, and started trying to encourage him and console him. Asked him, like, you know, maybe some landmarks about maybe close to where he would live, try to get him back home. He said, well, you know, how about that restaurant? You know, and he names it. Do you, no, no. And how about that mall? No, I'm not familiar with that. Uh, how, about, how about, you know, this place? No. Well, there's a church that has this, like, big cross out in front of that. And when he said that, little boy's eyes lit up. And he said, yeah. Take me to the cross. I can find my way home from there. Come on. And uh, today, you can, you can go back to the cross and find your way home from the cross. And so we can't preach about it enough. And so what Jesus said from the cross is so powerful. And so we're in week five. And quick recap, week one, we learned that the very first words Jesus spoke was a prayer to his father. And it was a prayer for us. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And so we see the forgiveness and the grace of God and how beautiful that is for us. He, he spoke to a thief who was on the cross beside him. He looked at him and he said, Assuredly, I say to you that today you will be with me in paradise. Man, that's so cool. And paradise is where Jesus is. And so he, he gave them that promise. He looks down from the cross, that third statement, and he looks to his mom and he looks to his, this, and he says, Woman, behold your son. And he looks at that disciple beside him and he says, son, behold your mother. And he was, he was showing in that moment, again, a love that he had and he cared, about, he cared about his mom and he cared about even the temporal things. Again, not just concerned about the eternity and when we get to heaven, but what happens before we get there. Come on, amen. Ain't that cool? What Heather was testifying and celebrating and saying a few moments ago, man, God was involved with that. That was what he was doing. And so, again, we see that promise. And last week, the fourth week, we see again Jesus turn his attention toward the Father and cry out to him and say, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And, man, I, I gave you three things in this quick review. We learned that Jesus spoke forth. And as he spoke those words, Jesus fulfilled the promise. He fulfilled the promise for us, and, and there was a messianic prophecy that had been given a thousand years before Jesus ever got on that cross that said the Messiah would come, and Jesus fulfilled 
that promise. Amen. It's so cool. The second thing we saw that in that in that passage that Jesus was doing this, Jesus became sin for us. Come on. He became sin. He didn't sin. He can't sin. He's just too good. He's God and he's great. But he did this. He became this for us. And this is what scripture tells us that he the, the one who had made in no sin became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. Amen. There's an exchange that happens. And so again, so thank you, Jesus. And we also know, again, he was forsaken so we can be forgiven. Amen. So That's so cool. So good. And today we look at the fifth statement, and we're in John chapter 19, verse 28. We see it says that after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, and we hear the fifth statement, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on hyssop, remember that, and put it to his mouth. Now today we hear two words that Jesus speaks, and like the other statements, if we're not careful, we, we can maybe just kind of breeze past that and really miss the significance behind what Jesus is saying. And so I, I hope today as we look at these two words that you, you, you understand, again, there's so much power and there's so much going on and, and that Jesus is saying those two things. And those two words today that you hear Jesus say can change your life if you're open to this and what God wants to do. So we see Jesus do this. We see the very first thing today that what we can learn from this, and I'm going to give you three. The number one thing is this, is that Jesus fulfilled every word. Come on, amen. Jesus fulfilled every word. Now, you've got to see what's happening. He he said this, that the scripture might be fulfilled. He said, I thirst. Now, last week was, I thought like point one was like pretty good stuff. Maybe it was just, you know, know, uh, but it was like just the Bible. And uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. I was like, Jesus fulfilled the promise? I was like, man, it, don't, it doesn't get better than that. that. That this the Messiah who has been prophesied that would come to earth, save us from our sins, give us eternity with heaven, in heaven. That, it doesn't get better than that. And then Jesus is doing this. He's saying something here in those two words. He's showing us that Jesus is not only just fulfilling the promise of the Messiah to come, what he is going to do is now do this, fulfill every word spoken in this book. Now, this, this is incredible because, listen, Jesus is saying in just those two things, I will, I will make happen and I will fulfill to the smallest of details. This came from Psalm 69. Verse 21, we see there that it says that they also gave me gall for food, and for my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Now, it, it's wild. Jesus was saying this. Jesus saying, I'm not going to die and take my last breath until that happens. Until that takes place. And you're like, okay, so so what's the big deal? Listen, that means this for us, that everything that's written in this book, that every promise that's in it, everything that he says, that promise is for us today. That what he said he will do, he will do. Everything to the smallest of detail, Jesus said. I I love this. Matthew chapter 5, we see red letter words where Jesus said this in 18, 518. He said this, for as surely. When Jesus says that, this is what he's, he's saying like, I'm serious. All right. Now, he was serious about everything, but, and he couldn't lie. I mean, everything he says is truth. But he's like, surely, like, you need to listen to what I'm about to say. Like, surely, I say to you 
till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Now, and some of you are like looking at me right now, and you're like, if I knew what a jot and a tittle was, Pastor, I would say amen to that. <laughs> it's okay. That's why we're here. You know, you're like, some of you are like, should I say amen to that? I'm unsure. No, no, no. No, understand what's going on here. This is good news. All right. Please say that this is incredible news. That Jesus read letters getting up saying that not, not one jot, not one tittle. A, a jot is this. And I, again, you know, I had to look it up. A, a jot is the 10th letter in the Hebrew alphabet, and it's the smallest letter. Ah, it, it's kind of like, it would be like the closest thing that we can kind of put it in our, our language and our understanding is like an apostrophe. So Jesus is saying this, like, I, I'm going to fulfill everything, every word, every promise down to that right there. I'm not going to die on the cross. I'm not going to give up, say it's finished. I'm not going to give my Holy Spirit until I fulfill every word, until every detail happens. And then it gets a lot better because he does this. The tittle, even smaller than the jot. It's kind of like, like what we put over the top of the I and the letter I, that little dot on there. So Jesus is saying this, to the smallest, very smallest word that was spoken, I fulfilled it. I fulfilled it. And so some of you are like, man, like right now, like I, I, I'm needing this. This is happening in my life. This is going on. And Jesus is saying in this book, like right now, I have every promise, everything that you need. I fulfilled every word. And so that's not why we read the Bible. Get in here and study and learn it because he's saying this. You can trust what I'm saying because it's true. And you can stand upon these promises. Listen to how the New Living Translation kind of translates this verse. It says that until heaven and earth disappears... Not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. Hear how good God is. That Jesus beaten beyond recognition. Isaiah said marred more than any man. As he hung upon the cross, still with full control of his mind, clear understanding, Jesus is saying this, that I am the word I'm fulfilling it, and I fulfill every detail of it. Have you ever thought about, like, that Jesus is dying on the very hill that he created. And I don't, I don't, I'm just, I'm telling you, man, I, I, just, I, I just believe that, that when he scooped it out, when he created Golgotha, the place of the skull, that he knew he would die there. And I believe that he already knew before you got here what he would do, and he knew this. He did it for you because of this. Every detail in your life. I'm just a small nobody. I'm just a jot. I'm just a tittle. Listen, down to the very smallest, married for the person who thinks they're the most insignificant, that they have nothing to give to God. God did it for you. He did it for you. And to the smallest of details, so we can do this. We can put faith in the promises. We can stand on the word of God today. And so we need to know it. Not just get excited and happy. No, but to know it and get this word in our hearts. So this is what Jesus does. Look at your neighbor and tell him, Jesus fulfilled every word. Tell the person on the other side, act like your spirit feels set louder. <clears throat> come on. Say, Jesus fulfilled every word. <clears throat> come on. Come on. Come on. Amen. Amen. I know some of us, we've been in a mercy all week, and some of us are tired, but hey, come on. Let's go this. Let's do this. Amen. Jesus fulfilled every word. Second thing, like, get ready. It's about to mess you up. Jesus said, I thirst 
Because Jesus was thirsty. Come on, I prayed, fasted, had a bad Andrew, lay hands on me so I received that one, man. That's serious. Come on. This is, this, is, this is true. Jesus thirsty. I'm going to let it set for a second. Because you got to see this. Jesus thirsty. You know, he was human. I love the deity of God. We, we, we preach the deity, but sometimes we miss, man, that God had to become a man for us. And this man was thirsty, and he was there. And I want you to see again that, that he, even to fulfill the word until he got down to the smallest of detail, he didn't drink anything before it was time, and he, didn't, he made sure that he didn't drink the wrong thing. This is what Jesus does for us. And, and so you see, because this wasn't the first time he was offered something to drink. If you, in Mark 15, this is cool, verse 23, and they brought him to the place of Golgotha. The place of the skull, the hill that he would die on, the one he created and made, that hill. They brought him to Golgotha, which is translated place of the skull, and they gave him wine mingled with myrrh to drink, but he did not take it. Now, this is why, because according to the tradition, and you, this is when you have to kind of study and dig into a little bit, because it was like the respected women of Jerusalem provided like a narcotic-style drink and it was, it was like a mixture of things that would, while they, the person being crucified, if they drunk this, it would kind of, what they would say is it would help kind of, kind of ease the pain and kind of help them maybe even forget about like even like where they're at. Even would kind of take them place to mentally to where, again, like a hallucinated type state, maybe help you kind of forget about what you're going through. And like, and if you've ever had surgery, like you're really thankful for the little things that they put in that little tube. He goes into the needle in, in, into your body. And, and uh, we had a gentleman this, this past week pray for Brother Dennis. He, he had a knee replacement, and I was, I was talking to him, and he said he told the doctor, the, the anesthesiologist person, he said, now listen, he said, if I wake up during the surgery, I'm coming after you. <laughs> you know, and I, I don't blame him because, again, you don't want all that going on, but, but don't you see what here what's, what's happening? The, Jesus was all for this. But it wasn't what he was supposed to drink. In his human state, he was still fulfilling the very smallest of promises down to the word of God. And we see it here so that it would be fulfilled. And so this is what Jesus is doing. He's never putting his needs above our needs. He's never. And even when he's even speaking forth the words, our thirst is to meet our need, not his. And so we've seen this go down the line, and we're seeing this now. This happens where they take this, it says, a, a, a sponge, fill it with this sour wine, place it upon hyssop, and place it up to Jesus. I want, I want to try to visualize this for just a moment if you can. Jesus is upon the cross, and all the significance that's happening in this is just it's so big. I mean, it's so probably may do a series on all that's happening with this. But Jesus is, he's, he's hanging upon the cross. And, and there is a, there's a, actually a feast that's happening during the time of the crucifixion. Is it, they said this first over, somebody knew it. What feast is happening? Passover. All right, Passover is happening 
while Jesus was hanging upon the cross. That season, that's what they just celebrated. That's where he had just, and we knew he was thirsty because it had probably been 18 to 20 hours earlier since he had had something to drink and instituted the Lord's Supper and, and took the Passover meal. And so we knew he was thirsty. So, but in the significance here, we see the hyssop that was raised up to Jesus. Now, again, Passover was being celebrated. If you're not familiar with what Passover is, Passover was the time that was celebrated. If you go all the way back to Exodus, you will see that where the children of God were brought out of Egypt, brought out of bondage, and because of uh, all that kind of went on, there was a lot of plagues that had to happen, some things that went down, and this was what was going to take place. The death angel was going to come through town, and there had to be blood that was placed upon the doorpost in order for death to pass you by and you to receive life. Now see this, again, on Passover, Jesus is hanging upon the cross, and we can look at Exodus 12, 21. It says that then Moses called out for the elders of Israel. This is when this happens. And he said to them, pick out and take lambs for yourselves, according to your families, kill the Passover lamb. And you shall take a bunch of, ah, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, strike the lentils of the doorpost with that blood in the basin that is in the basin. None of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning, and for the Lord will pass through, the, through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood of the lentil on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. On Passover, the Lamb of God, who John said takes away the sins of the world, was placed upon the wood. And it was out of that body of the spotless Lamb that the blood was placed upon the wood. And the hyssop was raised up Signify, listen, everything, listen, that we do, we're putting it upon him. And that he's receiving everything for us. And upon that day, listen, he became the Passover lamb for us. Jesus did this for us. Oh, man, so much here. He fulfilled every word. We see that he was thirsty. And we see today because of what he did, we don't have to fear death either. Charlotte Calvin, you know why he has a peace? You know why he has a peace? Because he's not fearing death. Because he can't die. Let me mess with your theology for a minute. Christian, you can't die. You can pass through the next life, an eternal life that never ends. We can't die. And so listen, this is what we see here again. Because of the blood that was applied, because of the spotless lamb, because of the hyssop that was raised, listen, Jesus took it all. And the third thing this morning, listen, not only was Jesus thirsty, you know something? Jesus knew you would be thirsty. <laughs> Jesus knew you would be thirsty. This is what I love about Jesus. You see him in like everything that he's doing. It's never about him. I'm like, man, it's never about him. Because, listen, this is not the first time Jesus said he was thirsty and wanted something to drink. Go to like John 4. Matter of fact, go to John 4. Turn to John 4. Go to John 4. We've got to read this. John 4. John 4. Look at verse 3. This is happening again prior to what we're reading right now. Well, we see again Jesus, Jesus doing this. It says in John 4, verse 3, it says, Jesus left Judea 
departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. Now, if you understand, listen, that, that they, the, the Jews did not go through Samaria. They actually, listen, actually went out of the way, went around that to not have to go through that. Listen, but Jesus said this, listen, I needed to go through Samaria. Who do you need to go for? Him? <laughs> so he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sakar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, therefore being weary from his journey, sat thus by the well, and it was about the sixth hour. And the woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. I thirst. I'm thirsty. We don't see this like, so what, man? Of course he's thirsty. He's been walking. You know, it's hot, you know, and, and but his thirst and his need and his steps, all that he went through, it's never by him. He's, he tells her and he says, can you give me this drink? And verse 8 says the disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. And then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And it's a cool story. Study that story. And, and, and Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, he would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Think for a second. Take this. Take it down. Tone down a, a little while, and then thinking about Jesus saying on these words, saying, "I thirst." If you know who is saying these words, you knew what I could do. You would be the one asking me for the drink. If you knew what I was here to do, if you knew the need that I was here to meet, if you knew what I was able to do, worship team, come. The woman said to him, "Sir, you have nothing to draw with." She don't know Jesus, man. He, he walks on water. He can call it to him. He can do whatever he wants to do, man. She just don't know. And, and the well is deep. Where then do you get the living water? Jesus don't get the living water. He is the living water. Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and who drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. Now, I want you to understand something. He does not say to only drink once. He just says, you drink this water, you, he's saying, no, you ain't going to thirst again. I'm going to satisfy so some people are like, well, I just got to drink it one time, and I'm good. And, you know, I come to church, say a prayer, and I'm, I'm, I'm good, right? Now, listen, it's ongoing. Being filled with the Spirit even. We studied this yesterday at Merce. Listen, it's an ongoing work. It's not a one-time thing. So he wants you to keep drinking, keep drinking, and it's the only thing that can satisfy. So he says this, whoever drinks of the water I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into Everlasting life. 
Jesus is on the cross, thirsty. But his words of saying, I thirst, were to meet our needs, not his. Come on, man. I want you to do this if you will. Stand with me, please, and just for a moment. Oh, man, for just a moment. Open your heart to what God wants to speak into you right now. Oh, man. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Yeah, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. See, he'll fill you. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to do something. If you would, as lights are come down and just your eyes are closed and you're spending time with the Lord right now. I typically ask you to do this, to like just get everything else out of your mind. That's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. Like set everything else aside and get everything. I, I say that often, and that's, that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. But I want you to do this for just a second. Just let everything that you've been battling and going through in the situations that may be happening, let that just sit on your mind for a second. Just think for this about all the stuff, man, that's going on, man. Things maybe you have to face down the road, or maybe right now you're dealing with. Listen, just let it all sit there for a second. And I want you to see something happening right now. Jesus and what he did upon the cross. And even just in those two words, we see so much. But he said this I'll fulfill. Every word. It will accomplish. A lot of times we're like, man, we speak to the mountain and we speak to those things and that we need to. That's Bible and we do it. But listen, I want you for just, if, if you can, just in the, this may be just have something you have to see in the spirit that God's just doing right now in your heart. Not just your words that you speak to it, but what he said, what his word says. And just right now, letting that just wash everything that's out of you in your mind right now away. Every, every, every situation, every struggle. We've sung about it this morning already. His way's better. Because if you go on in this story of this woman that Jesus meets that day at the well, it gets real, man. It gets real. And she had been trying to do this, satisfy something within her heart and life with men and with the world, things of this world, and those things can never satisfy. It's only Jesus who can satisfy the thirst in our hearts. He knew you were thirsty. He knew you needed him. So he came, spoke those words. And this is what I want you to do right now. If it's a need in your life, some of you are like, man, I'm, I mean, it's not that big a deal. Listen, but if there's a need of any kind in your life, anything at all. And he said, jot and tittle, the very smallest. He cares about the smallest things and will fill the smallest of things in your life. Listen, if there's any need in your life right now, I want you to do this. Just lift up both hands right now to the Father. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, just lift up both hands to the Father. It's a need in your life. The Lord just kind of was hitting me with this as Charlotte was sharing earlier about the church and what it looks like, not just within the walls. And a lot of times, again, we do altar and we say, come down. And they even did it this first service. But the Holy Spirit just wants to, I feel like today, right now, he's wanting to do something a little bit different. He wants us to go to one another where we're at. 
So I'm going to ask you to do something. If it's a little weird to you, you're uncomfortable, I'm sorry. You still got to love me, man, to get to heaven. And uh, so, but if you have a need, any kind, listen, I want you to do this. Just lift it up again. If you put it down, raise it back up. And if you haven't raised it yet and you have a need, listen, raise it up. We're a big family here and we love each other. And everybody in this room's had needs at some point or another. But if you don't have a need right now, I mean, like, man, God's good right now. I think he's rocking, man. This is awesome. I want you to do this. If you see a hand, listen, so this is what you got to do. You got to open your eyes if your hand's not raised. Your hand's not raised. I want you to open your eyes right now. I want you to look around. I want you to just begin to step out and begin to go. Just as they went and gathered in that home and, and gathered out in that yard, they went to where the need was. And I want you just right now, you as the body of Christ and us as, as a spirit-filled body who's, who's doing this work for him, go to right now to the needs. Right now, just begin to step out and move. They're going to sing in a second, minister, and it's going to be a lot easier to do this. But go ahead and right now, don't wait. Go ahead and just start doing it now. Oh, man, the Spirit of God's already flowing right now. That's so cool. Let it happen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Right now, any need at all, God's going to meet it right now. I believe this. He said every word. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I want you to know this. Listen, the altar is open. There's, there's a care room in the back. Listen, if you need to come to Christ, if you don't have salvation, if you've not met Jesus and have a relationship with this Jesus I've been, I've been talking to, I want you to come down the front. I want to pray with you, introduce you to Jesus. Love to do that today. But right now, God's meeting needs. So just as a, as a ministry uh, team begins to just flow right now. Even now, just go, guys. If you would, right now, as they begin to right now, just minister. I want the Holy Spirit just to flow through you. Jesus came to our need. Jesus came to where we were at. God came to earth. And listen, just as his body, we're going to go now. So just begin to pray for one another. Just begin to release the Spirit of God over every need right now. Every need in this room. Amen. And, and, and pray. Pray. Don't stop until you receive today by faith. Listen, he said every word. He fulfilled every word. Yeah. Wow. Come on. This happened. Receive right now. This has been a podcast of Pastor Terry Rogers brought to you by Faith Renewed. For more information about us, please visit faithrenewed.org. For questions, feel free to contact us via email at info at faithrenewed.org.